When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yo, can I spit it? This is episode, uh, I think, 189 um, or something crazy like that. We're starting to get up there with, it's like Gretzky with goals. We don't even know how many of these we've got. But we're really stoked to be here with uh, really probably Long Island's, like, one of the biggest up-and-coming bands in Koyo. Uh, We got uh, TJ and Harold here. What's going on, gentlemen? Thank you for being with us. Thanks for having us. Uh, real quick, um, what do uh, what do each of you guys do in the band? We both play guitar. Sick. Nice. So, so we got the melody makers today. I love it. Um, <laughs> so uh, it, I, you know, if you haven't had a chance to listen to Koyo yet, it's you know, and maybe they're not on your radar or something. Uh, go change that right after this episode. Um, you know, they've got uh, you know a bunch of great music out. Uh, we're definitely going to get into the nitty gritty about, um, you know, what's on the horizon for them. If we're going to get another EP or a full length or how that writing process is going. But, um, before we get too deep into all of that stuff, um, again, thanks for being here. And, um, uh, fandom wise, are we, are we both Islander fans? I am definitely an Islander fan. Hell yeah. For yourself. I, you know, I, like I was saying, I have a, uh, I have a soft spot for the Islanders, but I'm actually a Bruins fan, believe it or not. Okay, I, I, I can dig it. But the, uh, I um, yeah, yeah, I have a, uh, I have a closet full of Islander stuff, though. Love it. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're if you're from Long Island and like into alternative music, like in a band or even just into alternative music, there's a good chance that like you've got some Isles stuff just hanging out. Uh, Penelope's here, just so you guys know. That's my dog. I don't know why Penelope. she's here, but she's here. Hi, just Penelope. Door down. <laughs> Anyways, Penelope kicks my doors down often because she's like, you're talking to Koyo? You make me listen to them a bunch. So she probably wants to hang out with you guys, too. So um, let's just kind of jump right into it. Um, so, uh, you know, you guys kind of released uh, like a little three-song, like sort of single, a little EP kind of deal. Uh, with Pure Noise, I think just last year, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it 
really kind of like an interesting thing when I had first uh, listened to it, you know, you guys kind of lead off with that, um, you know, a, a more, more acoustic -y track. And it was just like, I don't, is this like really what I was expecting? And then, you know, as the track goes along, it develops and develops and uh, you know, it's really beautiful stuff. So, you know, kind of hanging on that three song EP with, with all that great stuff. Um, you know, definitely interested to hear what's, what's, uh, what's on the horizon, but um, uh, tell me a little bit more about uh, the creation of that, EP, you know, that EP, those, those singles, like uh, were those, were those two songs other than uh, call it off or like, did you have them in hand or like, you know, kind of how, how did the process of getting all that stuff together uh, kind of shake out? Yes. Yeah, so um, those two songs were actually like drives out East era, believe it or not. Like we had uh -huh. those like um, straight North was written probably, I think straight North was first. Okay. And funny enough, we actually played that song at the, uh, at the beach on um, we did this like, secret show after a pop-up mm -hmm. and that was like the first time we ever played it but okay. um yeah so straight north and both tendage were like drives out these songs that kind of were just like you know these ones feel good like let's do these ones sweet and i know like yeah. you had tendages away was kind of like a single that you had released like multiple times before um kind of like what was the did, did pure noise kind of want it to be put out on on call it off too that's like um just a a, a dsp thing unfortunately yeah. like in the digital streaming age like we kind of intended for it to just be like you know a multi-track single like we we wanted to we we realized that in the time it would take for us to do a full lp post signing it was going to be a little too much time with no music yeah. and we had we were sitting on these songs that like we liked and uh, like we we just wanted to we wanted to put them all out kind of together and like we didn't really care too much about how it was um, how it was sent like whether it was considered an EP or like a single or whatever but basically like that was just like a flaw in the digital streaming era way of doing stuff like it was all kind of just one thing but like yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah, Spotify kind of waterfalled it into something yeah. else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, everybody yeah. just kind of thinks it's like an EP. I mean, I consider them to be singles. Yeah, we, that's yeah. the funny thing. Like people call, like I accept that now. You know, yeah, is but like mm -hmm. I definitely like in my head that's that was never meant to be like an EP. It was just three independent singles. Like they all yeah. had their own cover art. They all had their own like yep. video. They all had their own vibe. Like that was just completely separate. And it was yeah. our way of sort of like doing what we kind of always talked about, which was like, we always kind of wanted to stretch Koyo, see what we could do, you know? Yeah. Like what, what sort of like, you know, not, not drive into one particular thing, one particular sound or vibe, sure. energy or anything. And uh, we, we decided to do the three singles like that. And um, yeah, it's sort of just like, three different representations of like who we are, what we can be, you know? So like if those three songs like were on like your traditional, like, you know, late nineties rev seven inch, like what would have been your A side? What would have been your B side? Oh, 10 digits straight North would have been the A side. And then oh yeah, absolutely. Call it off. Call it yeah. off oh, definitely. Like, uh, we're just, you know, we want to, we want to see if this one works, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, and, and I mean, it definitely, it definitely works. Cause uh, you know, again, it does, it, it does show, um, you know, definitely a more versatile side of you guys, or I should say a different side because, you know, versatility is kind of, you know, 
is kind of passe these days. I mean, like, you know, when you have like a record, like glow on by turnstile, which is just like all over the place, but somehow still cohesive, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, but just to kind of like pry a little bit away from, you know, that, you know, talking about like, you know, those, those like late nineties rev hardcore years. And like, you know, when epitaph was getting started as a small punk label and stuff like seven inches were kind of like what, what existed you know it was like you know you had a label these labels didn't have a lot of money they were diy labels so the only thing they could literally afford was just you know throwing two tracks on a seven inch maybe if you got lucky there was you know color art but you know usually it was like you know a two color kind of thing because it was just what you know what money was available um but you know you guys um you know you seem to have a, a a pretty strong connection with like the long island and new york hardcore scenes and um you know, I, I kind of almost feel like not to pigeonhole you, you know, with any band, but it's kind of like, um, you know, the story so far and how, you know, tight they are as musicians with a lot of different hardcore bands. And, you know, they've toured with Rotting Out and uh, Straight From The Path and Stick To Your Guns and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, I guess I'll just ask the question, do you guys feel that like, you know, the ties that you have with the like Long Island DIY and hardcore scene have like kind of helped you? see some different angles in the music you're writing yeah i mean uh, like we at the end of the day like we definitely were the the discourse of genre has always kind of followed us you know like mm-hmm. whether you know like when we did drives out east and we we put up the emos back banner like i can't tell you how many tweets i saw about <laughs> you know, like that's not an emo band this is not an emo band yeah. and it's like it, I think that um, at the end of the day, we're always we always have been, and we're always going to be a hardcore band, yep. you know. And um, mm-hmm. a lot more of our, I, I think that like to us, the our take on the sound is very like, um, very very true to like '90s like Long Island hardcore, you know. Like that's like mm-hmm. kind of like what sure. the mission statement of the band was from its inception. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But um, TJ, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's always it's always going to be like like Golden Era Long Island is like our bread and butter. But like also, you know, we love the emo stuff, too. Like we yeah. like, you know, TVS, brand new, whatever. But I mean, if you ask us like what, you know, if we have to pick one singular term to identify us, yeah, I'm going to say we're a hardcore band. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we might not sound like a traditional hardcore band but we operate as a hardcore band and we're all hardcore kids, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like, if you don't, if you don't necessarily understand how we're a hardcore band, then, you know, you might be missing a point of hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. It's more so in the way that we like approach the the band, like culturally, sonically, like it's not so much in the way that it comes out and the way that it sounds to other people. It's the way that it goes in. It's like, got that- it it's it's all like it's all hardcore to us you know it's like it's it's very we're we're very tied to that it's just who mm-hmm. we all are yeah and it's really tough to like you know these days gatekeep those genres i mean like you know cuz it's there's there's so much intertwining but at the same time like you're you're absolutely right like you know when i think of you know bands like silent majority and reach the sky and bane and some of those bands i mean like they're you know to me formative hardcore bands you know those are hardcore bands to me but like absolutely you, 
but like, you know, someone could throw on reach the sky and, and, you know, the way they hear it is, Oh, you know, these, these guys kind of remind me of, you know, this newer band. It's like, you know, they kind of remind me of strike anywhere. They kind of remind me of a Wilhelm scream or something like that. And Mm -hmm. not not realize that like reach the sky were the predecessors to those bands being able to like sonically do what they do. So, um, you know, and on long Island, that's, that's no more (laughs) noticeable than with silent majority, of course. Cause I mean, without silent majority, you don't have taking back Sunday. You don't have the movie life. You don't have glass jaw. You don't Mm -hmm. have, you know, any of those bands that like, you know, when the 2000s boom took off and this shit started getting really popular, you know, the bands that kind of transcended everything. But, you know, if it wasn't for, you know, Silent Majority and if it wasn't for Kill Your Idols and all these bands that, you know, they, they, they wouldn't even even exist. So um, I think that's an important thing to 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 recognize. But um, so future, you know, let's talk Horizon. So, um, you know, are you guys actively writing right now or are we looking at maybe a full length are you able to say can you really give us some of that insight or you know what's kind of uh, on the horizon in 2023 for you guys other than the tour that got announced which we'll you know talk about next for sure yeah yeah uh, so we, we actually just uh, <laughs> yeah so we actually we actually just wrapped up at lp oh, sick. Um, nice yep it's um we're getting some some mixes back now but um it's uh, 11 songs okay. and it will come out probably sometime. I want to say, you know, maybe we're, you know, aiming for like late summer, early fall, hopefully. Awesome. Nice. Who, did, uh, who did you guys do it with? Uh, we did it with John Markson. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and how is, how was that experience? Cause I know he's, he's worked on a bunch of, uh, you know, other, other cool stuff, but um you know, can you give us a little bit of insight into that experience, like how the production process was, all that kind of stuff? It was honestly incredible. Like he, John is, we, we worked with him for uh, Straight North 10 Digits and uh, Call It Off. And he is such a stellar musician, uh, first and foremost, but like his, you know, he's, he's become this incredible producer. Like um, this guy is a, I consider him to be very much so a tried and true producer, you know, like, um, I think, um, I think like, uh, like Rick Rubin once said, like, like in an interview like that, a producer is kind of like a coach, you know, and mm-hmm. like John is, is the best coach I've ever had, you know, um, he's, he's he like really- if Jack Black was the coach. Yeah. <laughs> you have, you have this screaming at you and rubbing his belly and doing all these different crazy wacky things while we're, you know, playing whatever song 14 times. And he's like, you could do, this, do that, do this. And you could not replicate this dude's like authentic enthusiasm. Yeah. He has for everything, you know, for everything yeah. you do musically. Like there is to, cause you know, I, I feel like often as a musician, you know, you're n- nobody's ever going to be as excited about what you're doing as you are. Like John is way more excited. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. John is John is going to like get giddy and crazy. But the whole the whole process was really really uh, incredible. We had um our our really good friend Mike Dubin in the studio for pre production with us, and he's mm-hmm. uh his his presence there was great john and him get along great it was it was really nice um excuse me we had uh i want to say like eight or nine days where we like 
pre-produced the record. We had TJ and I had had pre-produced a lot of the record at my apartment because I was um, I was recovering from ankle surgery right before we went to the studio. Yeah, I was doing uh, physical therapy while we were in the studio. So yeah. I had nothing but time and I was just locked away at my apartment and I was, I was in a wheelchair at the time. So TJ would come upstairs uh, and sit with me for, you know, hours at a time. And we like pretty much, we were able to bring John this massive amount of songs, you know? Yeah. Like, awesome. I think we had like seven, I think we had like 17 demos. We had, oh, we, had, we, had, we had 17, like, final songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had, like, 30-plus ideas, you know? Yeah, like, for sure. Like, that... so we, we were able to, like, look at our record and – or look at – rather, look at, like, the collection of songs we had and think of, like, how do we want – what do we want out of this record mm-hmm. and how do we get it and what songs do we choose? And yeah. John was, like, the driving force for all of that, and he made it cool. all – very comfortable process he was really that's awesome yeah and really- like we uh we've never gone away and you know like we stayed in new jersey for essentially what was like i don't know on and on like felt like forever but um yeah, we were there right. like on we were there on and off and it's like we've never had the experience of like live you know you go you go to sleep you wake up you know you're with everybody already yep and you know you go in the you go in the control room and you're just doing that every day for like a month. And then, yeah. you know, you go home for the weekend or whatever, you come back and mm-hmm. it was like the tried and true experience <clears throat> just because like before that, all we would do, you know, we would drive out to, you know, um, so-and-so studio, wherever on Long yeah. Island. And mm-hmm. then we would go home, you know, the same at day night or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think it like, it puts it into perspective, um, you know, for people that are listening to the show that like have never like been in a band or had that experience. It's like, you know, that's like kind of the tipping point where, you know, you, you open your eyes and the first thing you do, it's like you grab a cup of coffee and like you go down and, you know, the producer's already there. And he was like, Hey man, I was up until like two 30 in the morning. And I was thinking, you know, maybe we should do this on, on this track. And it's like, Holy crap. Like this is, like real life like this is like you know this is us turning this into a a day job and not everybody gets that experience and not you know day job to say that it's like the humdrum you know but like a day job is in like this is all we do constantly like i don't have to worry about like oh crap i gotta get up at seven in the morning to go to work you know like that that sort of deal so i'm sure that kind of breeds a little bit more creativity too when it's the only thing that like you're really hyper focused on like would you say we were definitely worried about that going in. Oh honestly. my god, yeah. Why do you say that? Because like we were like, you know, with ten digits, like Straight North, um, was done by October 2020, mm. um, and it didn't come out until you know like May of last year or something. And like that's a you know that that but that song was done, you know. Yeah. And like when we brought it to the studio, that was it was, hey, John, this is how it should go. And like he worked on some like nuances, but like he really didn't like get in front of uh, too much of like any of those songs. Well, call it off intended. It's like we definitely took some time with, but and yeah, call it yeah. off wrote at the studio. But, um, you know, not to discredit all the work we put in for for all three of those songs. But we were when it came to the LP, it was sort of like, you know, this is the first time we're going to be. Like I'm gonna, it's it's easy because they're all like my best friends, you know. We're yeah. all like, 
we we all known each other for for so long and yeah we had we we were a little nervous about like we're gonna be falling asleep next to each other and waking up next to each other eating next to each other like like for working next to each other for like minimum six weeks straight you know yeah. and then we had to keep going back um so we were going into it we were the whole process was nerve-wracking but in particular like are we going to be able to be creative under that under those circumstances where it's like we don't really have too much free time we don't really because you know those are things like you can't force yeah yeah the your your eureka moments per se like they 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 often happen when you're comfortable being vulnerable and we didn't know like is that going to happen while we're all on top of each other together for like non-stop mm -hmm. you know and thankfully it was an environment where it i think i mean tj might disagree but i thought it worked like way better than i thought it would you know like like i felt more creative there than any time and place in my entire life you know it was like this is where i felt like oh, the only thing i'm supposed to do here is make a record you know like and yeah. everything else was just other stuff you know no matter how important it was it was like that's you know, on the back burner, I have to make a record. I think, I think when you're working with someone, oh, oh sorry. Oh, you go, TJ, sorry. <laughs> I, I think also being with John, John made us feel like excited on those songs. Cause I think like, you know, like we were listening to the same songs for like, you know, months on end. And we're like, you know, like, is this good? You know, is this like the song or whatever? Yeah. And, you know, we would show it to John and John would give us like, paragraphs of you know notes like highlighting what he likes about the songs like what could be different or you know what can be better and mm -hmm. i think like i think being there it gave us like a second wave of excitement on the songs and it kind of like erased some of the self-doubt i think we had just because i think mm -hmm. we're both very like hypercritical i mean i think the whole band i we're all hypercritical mm -hmm. but i know especially me and him are especially hypercritical <laughs> yeah I think that, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like someone like John um, especially is really good at kind of like breaking the ice and breaking the tension. Um, and he's such a hilarious guy because I remember we, uh, my old band had played with such gold like a few years ago and the day of the show, like I was just in a shitty mood. I just did not have a good time. Like there was a whole bunch of stuff going on in my life. And, uh, and I was just hanging out with, with Ben and John and um, John was just playing pranks on everybody. So like uh, the bassist in that band that I was playing with, he had like a such gold shirt on and, and he was just leaning in like at the bar of the venue and John goes behind the venue and just puts a suck sticker right next to such gold. So it just said <laughs> such gold sucks. And it was just the funniest like interaction just being with him and just like seeing, like you said, he's like a Jack Black, you yeah. know, as your coach, like he's just so jolly to be around and how he changes the mood is I've never really seen somebody do that like he does. I, I saw him. Jolly's a great word. He, he got. He snapped. I won't say it. Who? He snapped one time. I mean, we're John being an exception because he he would go home every night, but he was back at like you know nine a.m. every day. Yeah. Um, and was leaving at like eleven p.m. That that dude was working. Um, but I saw him snap at one member of Koya, and it was still fun. Like it was still. Like, oh my god! I was, I was laughing hysterically. I, I could not believe how funny I thought it was, and he was—he was genuinely mad. I will never forget it. Yeah, it was. Oh my god! <laughs> you got to tell the story. Don't say the name, but at least tell the story. 
Well, it was there was there were a handful of uh, repetitive <laughs> jokes at John's expense. Like we had a bunch of like like rude nicknames for him. Not even rude, you know. There, but there's some of them are like are a little meaner than others. Yeah, and yeah, the, we, we can say that. We, yeah, there are definitely some mean nicknames that that John had uh, accrued over the over that six week period, and. One of our members was uh, was just decided to say it over and over and over again. And John turned around while he was working and he was like, do you have to say that every time you talk to me? Like, can you say anything else? Like, and then started going off on him, like digging in pretty hard. Like, it was awesome. Securities. Yeah. <laughs> like, like just, just steamrolling him as he was rotating his chair back to his desk. He was like, <laughs> it was, it was hysterical. It was quick, short lived. And I got, an enormous kick out of it, and that member of Koya was silenced. He had nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it was nothing awesome. It say. was so dope. It was really fun. It was, and it was very necessary at the time. Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Maybe we need John to come here and just lay into Tom every once in a while, even though Tom's just back. Dude, this is Tom's like third episode back. <laughs> so rude, <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, um, if you if you want, but have at it, Justin. <laughs> so um, I know I know like Tom was alluding to kind of like you know the the Long Island hardcore scene and the ties that you guys have to the Long Island hardcore scene, but I kind of want to take it back to to that genre defining because to me, you know, I I grew up in like the Eulogy Records era of like South Florida, so I saw bands like Kids Like Us and Red Baron. Um, know the score uh like sheer Khan and and to me like you guys remind me so much of that kind of like early 2000s like you said late 90s early 2000s hardcore and i think right now anytime anybody hears a punk beat and hears anything that's not necessarily like a guttural or a fry scream they immediately think it's like pop punk yeah and it's like no 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 like like listen to like even like the early like a loss for words stuff like go to an old a loss for words show from back in the day and you see them playing with like all these boss and hardcore bands. Um, and that's kind of like where the scene like comes from. And I feel like, especially with like pop punk, like that's kind of like lost its way a little bit where you, you you're missing out on that kind of like edge where it's like the hardcore scene and the pop punk scene used to be like super tight. And I, I, I I'm pretty sure like I haven't seen it since before you guys last time I saw it was really with like maybe early stories so far. And like, uh, set your goals like forever ago but you really don't see it very often like you know you, you guys like ripping uh sound and fury too like that was so cool that last year to see like the videos coming out from hate six about that yeah i think that right now is is a really good time for exactly what you're saying you mm -hmm. know there's a lot of um there's a lot of bands who i think uh sort of fit that similar like ambiguity you know there's mm -hmm. like there's like a lot of uh i think of like you know us like anxious like one step closer stand uh, still stand still yep. uh, i mean um, mind, no pressure yeah yeah like there's, there's so many bands who like you know are hardcore kids who you've been seeing at shows and whatever locale for 
a long time and they just you know wanted to play a different type of music and, and when i say a different type i mean you know kind of like what i was saying before like what goes in is always going to be hardcore what comes out is in my opinion to be hardcore but like you know yeah. the listener at their discretion it doesn't at the end of the day mm-hmm. you know some some kid on on twitter or reddit's opinion on what genre we are will never change wh- who we are as a band yeah of course you know and it's like that that topic always will, will follow us forever i can't tell you how many oh god of is koyo hardcore is koyo pop punk like i think i, I think we've seen a are you employed you know like, <laughs> are you employed yeah, do you, have, you you probably there are probably more important things to think about no offense tj no oh my no. god yeah no and I, and I get like i get exactly what you're saying because like the reality is like you're going to listen to what you listen to and if you enjoy it you enjoy it you know yeah. like that was something that i admittedly struggled with when i was like in high school like when i was a teenager like i was so gate kept and and like elitist that like i thought like you couldn't listen to like fleetwood mac because like Fleetwood Mac isn't lag wagon. Like what, like what the fuck is wrong with you? You know, like that kind of stuff. Right. And like, that's kind of how I grew up. And then I, like I got into college and I went to college for music and here I'm, you know, starting to get into, you know, playing in some phonic orchestras and jazz bands and stuff. And I was like, well, you know, I could still listen to Texas is the reason whenever I want, but the, you know, I, I can't, you know, tell my jazz history professor that, you know, Miles Davis is a fucking loser because he, you know, was never on polyvinyl or whatever. And like, it doesn't work that way. So, but like, that's kind of how like my, my brain went, you know, up until a certain age when I realized like, it doesn't really matter. And I think more and more musicians that are in that, like that were in that genre in the two thousands and have born and have come out of it, have realized like that you can write the kind of music you want to write and, you know, you're not going to be able to keep it the same forever. You know, you mm-hmm. can't, you really can't write the same record at 18 and at 35. You just, you can't like you've lived another whole life and you're going to be influenced by different things and different things are going to start to catch your ear. So, you know, uh, you guys are, are, are correct me if I'm wrong, but like in your like mid to late twenties or are you guys a little younger? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so having said that, you know, like the Koya that exists now, you know, three records later is going to be a completely different Koyo because you're going to have toured with, you know, these 10 bands and you're going to have these label mates and you're going to do this and it's just going to influence you. And like, you know, this whole idea that some of these like elitist music fans have that like every record should sound the same and like they put it on blast when it doesn't is like kind of crazy to me. Like mm-hmm. biggest example I could give with that is like a, a band like, like Deaf heaven. who I'm, I'm sure you guys are familiar with, right. They went from like being like, you know, a post rock black metal band to like a shoegaze band, you know, hundredth did it. Um, you know, turnover kind of went from being a pop punk band to like a more shoegazy band. It's like, it's just, kind of where you are in life and you know the kind of music you want to write has to reflect where you are in life because you won't be having fun if you're like well you know gotta gotta write lp2 and it's gotta be this way because you're gonna be feel stifled you know i, I would think yeah at the yeah. end of the day koyo is like a very genuine effort you know it's like yeah like, like uh, i can speak for joey especially in saying uh you know he is very um 
committed to and uh, wants to preserve like the 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 thing he, when he writes lyrics like it's never going to be about someone it's never going to be like a storyteller it's going to be for it's going to be his life it's going to be him you know it's going to yeah. be real it's it's not going to be like this like weird it, not to not to like say that stuff like that is bad it's just like you know we are musically and uh lyrically very genuine people and um i think that that's oh you're completely right that's always going to show no, we're never going to try to chase a sound or a genre it's always going to be what comes naturally to us you know yeah of course and 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 again that's the way it should be so i i have one last question for you and then i'll um give it over to mikey because i know he's got a couple of uh things he wanted to chat with you about as well but um just you know from you know getting to talk to people from long island and especially people that are um you know in the in the hardcore scene i I always like to ask, and I'm just curious. So, have either of you guys ever been to one of the uh, Capital Karaoke shows? Do you know no. what I'm talking about? I don't think so. No. no. Okay, so um, there was a time where Capital, who I'm, you know, I'm sure you guys are familiar yeah. with, obviously. You know. Yeah. So there was a time where Tommy, like, just could never make it to Capital shows. Like, Capital would get booked for stuff. And they'd show up and he was just like, can't come, you know, for whatever reason. So they would just get different people to just like come on stage and be like, okay, do you know this? Yeah, I know it. All right. Well, you're our singer. And then like, and then they'd do a song and then that person would leave and like some other dude would come up and he'd be like, oh, I know this one. And they'd be like, oh, if I can play it. So like that ha must have happened like three three or four times that I can count. And I think I've seen capital all of those three or four times. So like, I feel like it's just like one of those things in the long Island, like music, you know, history line that like is just kind of absurd. And I just wanted to see if you guys had ever experienced it because it's a sight to behold, man. We got to start cool. doing that with Koyo. Yeah. Let's do it. When, uh, when, when Joey's uh, old and can't, uh, you know, sing yep. anymore. We're gonna get. We're gonna get. I'm gonna be uh, like, let me night. do it. Let me do it. Let me yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna get a karaoke <laughs> night together. Yeah. Dude, I mean, it's it's a it's a blast. And you know, like I remember, um, I remember, you know, Wonder Years karaoke nights because, like, you know, early on in their career, Dan Campbell had such a hard time like being able to sing for a full set that he'd get like four songs in and he'd just like leave the stage, and like their guitar player would be like, Dan's puking, so uh, I'm gonna sing like three songs and then that's gonna be it. I remember seeing them with um, Forever Came Falling. Uh, I think you were, were you there? No, Mikey wasn't there with me, but that happened. That exact thing happened. And their drummer was like, oh, we're going to figure it out. So, you know, if they can do it, you guys can definitely do it. I believe in your guys' ability to do it. And I also believe in your ability to work it out so that like maybe Cal Clutterbuck sings a song because he's the only person on the Islanders who I think might like hardcore even a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think he does. I think he likes like Canadian techno music. That's we can hope. Cool too. That's awesome. <laughs> we can hope he he wants to do a song. Yeah, he'd probably get hurt. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I definitely want to dive into some hockey talk. But before we do that, I do want to say a quick word from our sponsor, DraftKings. The NFL playoff action continues. We are one step closer to Super Bowl Fifty Seven, and for the NFL divisional round. 
check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL Divisional Round and get 200 free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Awesome. So just real quick before we move into the hockey talk, I, I was trying to think of the Pure Noise roster and like where bands are from. Are you guys the first Long Island band on Pure Noise? Sanction was, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Sanction was before us. Okay. I, I, I was just kind of going through quickly and i was like i don't know if there have ever been a long island band on there but that's pretty i was cool. thinking so about like, that too <laughs> i think just sanction yeah I, I i'm not really too familiar either but i'm pretty sure sanction was the first yeah i think so interesting all right cool just wanted to get that out of there so i guess when you were um in conversations with pure noise did your love of hockey come up with Jake? Because I know Jake is a, a huge hockey fan as well. It came yeah. up when we went out to uh, to lunch that one time uh, when we were in uh, Nashville. I, I don't remember the restaurant, but um, it somehow got brought up. And I, I know he's like a he's a Kings uh, fan, right? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He um he unfortunately um broke. He he's, he plays hockey still. And um, I say still as if he's, you know, 75 years old, but he's, <laughs> he's, uh, he's, he's 28 uh, and he plays, <laughs> he plays hockey and uh, he broke his, he, he just destroyed his ankle, like not long after we had lunch with him in Nashville. And that was the first time we had ever met him in person and uh, had a great time. He's an awesome guy. I love talking to Jake. He's uh, a great dude. And um Week week or so later, he breaks his ankle really, really bad. And um, a week or so after that, I break my ankle really, really bad. <laughs> so he uh, yeah. not nowhere near as cool. You know, I wasn't playing hockey, but he um, he sent me uh, uh, a pair of like a really, really nice like the Rolls Royce of crutches um, <laughs> while I was recovering. They were incredible, and I gotta give him a quick shout out for that that was that was incredible that was uh and i recently i saw him uh post that he was playing hockey again which made my which made my heart very happy i reached out to him about that i thought it was very cool shout out jake yeah he's a man hell yeah so have they permanently moved headquarters to nashville or are they kind of both yeah um yeah like we we visited the office out there (laughs) love that Good stuff. Nashville is a hockey town, man. It makes sense. Yeah. And it's also just, you know, more than just country music, too. Oh, yeah. One of uh, the very, very close friend of mine, one of my closest friends, uh, Adam, he sings in uh, that band Orthodox. He's uh, he's from Nashville. He's a massive Predators fan. And uh, on the rare occasion he can use that against me, he does. <laughs> but he's a well, huge hockey fan. So I have to, I have to, I have to yield some, uh, some funny jokes from him now and again. I hate when the Preds play the Islanders, man, because the 
Preds just always beat us like constantly. They're, they're great, so, you know. <laughs> I mean, they're yeah, they're, they are a great team. Uh, before we we dive like real deep into hockey talk, just wanted to um, kind of just chat about the you know the the tour announcement, which is uh, huge. I mean, that's 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 awesome. Bayside, uh, you know, Avalanche, and and you guys are going out. Um, you'll you'll have to forgive my ignorance, but is this like your first like full full U.S. or have you done like a full U.S. before? No, we've done. I want to say like three, three full US's. Oh, you have. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we did one. So we, uh, the first one we ever did. Funny enough, I have it on the wall. Uh, I have it on the wall right there. Oh shit! Look at that. That was. Um, we did that with the band Anxious, and then great, yeah, uh, great band. I, I don't know about that one. Yeah. No. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know, but um. <laughs> Yeah, we did that one, and then we did uh, the Knock Blues movements. Uh, that was um, spring of uh, 2022. And nice. then we did Stick to Your Guns uh, recently, the past fall. Awesome. I have a funny Stick to Your Guns story that I'll just say um, really quick. Uh, I So I was uh, at a Stick to Your Guns show. Uh, my buddy Lou was with me, uh, Lou from Dr. Acula, uh, if you're familiar <laughs> Uh, fucking love Lou. Lou's the man. Lou got Lou had a couple too many beers, and uh, you know the vocalist of Stick to Your Guns. He's a yeah. You know, he, he loves to talk. You know, he just like he just, just goes on and on. He goes goes on his little rants, and like he was going on this rant about something just before like they were about to play like some fucking sick Stick to Your Guns song, and like the place was pretty silent, and Lou was all drunk, and he just yelled like play more music dickhead or something like that. And like the guy was like, Oh yeah, me with the microphone. Like I'm going to listen to you. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, here's another song. And then he played another song almost immediately. So the running joke was that, well, it actually worked. And, um, <laughs> but uh, stick to your guns are great, man. They're just one of those, one of those bands that, um, you know, uh, like they, they've developed, you know, talking about a band that's like kind of changed, you know, their approach. I mean, they are, you know, probably much like you guys, you know, a hardcore band at heart and what they put in has that ethos, but you know, the stuff that they've put out over the years, I mean, they've gone from, you know, like only breakdowns to like their sense of like melody and like how big they write is just so, so awesome. But, uh, um, but yeah, so, you know, on that note, Bayside Avalanche, you know, that got announced and that's, uh, that's, that's yeah, pretty awesome. You know, I mean, a collective group of you know like-minded people all from the same place going all over the country and uh you know and playing for for people um i think is awesome so i'm sure you guys are stoked for it but uh how did that um how did that kind of come together i want to say i I just think james i want to say james just uh hit the group chat one day it was like, you know, you guys want to tour with uh, Bayside and I am the Avalanche? And the, the obvious answer is yes. <laughs> James because, is on the here. James is, and uh, and uh, one yeah. of his friends. Um, awesome. Yeah, yeah, for context. But, cool. um, you know, we grew up listening to both those bands. So yeah. the obvious answer is yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I think that's going to be, uh, I, I think that's going to be awesome. And I think, you know, one of the cool things about that is, um, you know, you're, kind of going to be playing to I, I would probably say a little bit different of an audience from the, the past couple of tours you've been on um, and I think that's really exciting because again you know you might be the band that 
finally introduces some of these kids to, you know, avalanche to like, yeah, to avalanche. But even, <laughs> even further than that, like, you know, you guys might get out there and play and, and grab a bunch of new fans and, you know, they might kind of tag along and be like, man, what the hell else, you know, sounds like this band that I can go listen to. And now all of a sudden they're tracking back into your silent majorities and all that kind of stuff, which is an awesome thing because it shows, you know, like a younger generation, like, all right, this is where this music came from. And this fucking rules. What other of my favorite bands came from what else? And that's how like you can kind of keep that spirit of older music alive. But, um, you know, would you say like you guys are kind of excited to play to a little bit different of an audience? Are you looking at it that way or not really? Yeah, I I definitely think so. I think one of the things that's always kind of benefited us is that like we can play to because of that, you know, ambiguous uh, sounds, we can kind of play to, you know, just about any type of different crowd and like, you know, to a degree in like our worlds and, and like, you know, it worked, it's not, it's not like you hear us on a tour and instrument with Bayside and think, Oh, that's weird. You know, like it, mm-hmm. it fits, you know, it's like, it's yeah. sound wise, like, Agreed. Um, and I think it fits with like plenty of other bands too. It's uh, we could work, we can confidently play alongside like so many different types of bands and, um, I'm really excited to see what their crowd is like for us. Cause you know, there's a chance they, that, that a lot of the shows people don't get there till nine 30 and they just want to see Bayside or they just want to see Avalanche and Bayside. Oh, yeah. and they yeah. want to drink beer while we play. And that's fine. It's, it's all good. I'm, I'm eager. Yeah. No matter, I'm, I'm happy to just play. You know? Yeah. Yeah. They, and all of us are like, we're all just really mm-hmm. happy to play and uh, see what's up see what happens you know i'm excited to kick it with those guys for a while uh, everybody seems really cool it's gonna john be, it's will gonna... also be on that tour too yeah i'm sick yeah yeah that's awesome and uh when does uh w- when does it start i want to stay so we leave the the third or the fifth maybe okay right cool. yeah we do three routing shows to texas so we're gonna play north carolina and then florida twice i think um okay. uh, I yeah, I think uh, Atlanta too. Yeah. Oh yeah, North Carolina, yeah. Florida, and then we make our way to Texas, and the tour properly starts, I believe, in Austin. Yeah. Um, awesome. And that's that's on like February 10th, maybe, or something like that, and it doesn't get home until March 12th, maybe. Awesome. Um, that's nice. a, yeah, for a while. Cool. Awesome. Well, you know, obviously, we we wish you guys all the best with that, and you know, I'm sure it's going to be a hell of a time, and you know, I'm 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 sure. You know the ears that you're playing to are gonna are gonna really dig what they're hearing. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, definitely stoked for that. So, um, so yeah. So let's kind of get into it a little bit with TJ. Um, you know, being you know, are we born and raised on Long Island, and you just happen to be a Bruins fan? How does this happen? So I'm the only member of Coyo that actually wasn't born on Long Island. Okay. But, but so for context, my my entire family, including my mom and dad, are both from Long Island. Okay. And growing up, I spent a lot of time on Long Island. And then eventually I would actually move to Long Island. So the only the only bit of New England that really ever wore off on me was the Bruins. Okay. Yeah. That, that's funny yeah. because like TJ has been 
a presence in my life since I was like third, like for me, 14, 15. Outside, <laughs> that's early, early, yeah. Like early teenagers. Yeah. Sure. Like when we were like young teenagers, I had always known of who he was. And I never in my life, like we didn't know each other until we were like maybe eight, 17, 18. Probably uh, around there. Yeah. yeah um, and uh, you stayed over with me when I was like 18 or 19. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, oldest I could have been was 19. And that was like, the first time we were like just together just the two of us you know yeah and, um, but I met, like, and I met everybody else beforehand too yeah I just but I like I always knew who TJ was and never in a million years would I have guessed he was from anywhere besides Long Island I <laughs> yeah. saw him on Long Island like when he says like oh I was on Long Island all the time like he means it like that's I yeah. saw him yeah. like TJ was just a guy in my head from Long Island who I didn't get to know until I got older. Like I didn't know TJ was from Maine until like maybe yeah, like, yeah. six years ago. Like we were already like good friends by the time I was like, you're, you're from new England, you know, like I had yeah, a lot original of Portland. Think, yeah. A lot of people think that I was born on Long Island and then moved away and then came back. And that's just, that's just not the case, but I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't know what it is at, at, at this point in my life. I usually just tell people that I lived on Long Island beforehand, before moving to Brooklyn, just because, <laughs> you know, if they really want the, the, the lore and the details, I'll get into it with them. But, um, you know, I was just from a young age, we were just always, you know, back and forth. We were always there. And then, you know, eventually I moved in with my, my lovely grandmother who recently got a, um, a condo out in Riverhead. Mm -hmm. But before that, um, I was living on, uh, I was living in Hopog. Oh, wow. Okay. And then, um, and then, uh, yeah, but the Bruins just, uh, somehow stuck with me. Nothing wrong with that. You know, it's, uh, yeah. you know, um, and they're, you know, one of those teams where they, again, you know, sometimes they have the Islanders number other times where we're able to, to, to move through them. You know, it kind of sucks because I, and probably Mikey equate, Bruins like people that like the Bruins with like this one particular person that we know that likes the Bruins and like all this dude does is just like fart a bunch you know so it's like <laughs> by, by proxy like I just I I just assume that you're sitting there farting you know and like and if you are that's cool I'm not fart shaming you but like that is kind of if you're like from if you live on Long Island and you like the Bruins you're fart you're farting so that, that's that's another guy in the band. I'm not gonna say who. <laughs> I mean, if you if you look at us down the line, you might be able to tell who the farter is. In the van, remorselessly all the time. Yeah, you, you, it's not hard to tell. Who's the, far to... who's the farter and out of time? Oh, uh, probably me. <laughs> <laughs> See, every band every band's got a farter. You know, everyone's got a farter. Not TJ or I. We are no. You guys, you guys hold. That. Well, it's, it's not it, technically. It's not. Uh, they say that it's not um, like physically safe to hold your farts in. So, just in case you guys have been doing that, don't do that because apparently no. it creates issues. I'm no I doctor. Murdered. But I would have got murdered last tour if I did it because we were we didn't have AC in the back of the van, Oof, and it was yikes. like midsummer, so it would not have been good. <laughs> no, that's 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 brutality at its finest. But all right, so you know the. the the bees are 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 just like dominating. fucking fucking dominating I mean, yeah, right now. 
unbelievable still like four or five losses you know like <laughs> insane it's, it's like it's like nhl it's like nhl video game type it's shit. like somebody it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. On franchise mode you know, and they simulated five games because they, they wanted to skip ahead a little bit. Yeah, right. Exactly. They just simmed yeah. those five games and somehow lost. And yeah, the I think their odds are like 93% chance of winning the cup oh right now. Jeez. You're definitely hitting save game on that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're definitely you're definitely not taking the cartridge out and blowing on that one at all. Mm. No, not no. at all. But that's that's um, you know, the um you know, watching good like good hockey teams, it's just like it sucks. Especially, you know, I mean, they're they're like in the same conference as the Islanders, so like you know, we see them a little more often. And like, you know, you got that like New England New York rivalry that always goes on. I mean, like, I can't say that like they like annoy me as much as like the Flyers do, or obviously the Rangers, or like the Devils or something. But like, you know, like it would, you know, it wouldn't hurt as bad if like the 28 and five team was like, you know, Edmonton or Vancouver or something, but like, yeah. you know, because you're kind of in our house, it's just like shit. But um, you know, the Islanders are, they're a tricky team. You know, it's uh it's kind of that at that point right now where like, they're really on a, on a, like a, like a edge of a cliff, I guess you could say. And like, you know, what do they want to do? Like, do they want to, you know, still try to make a push for this season and, you know, grab a, you know, a player or two, or, you know, do they want to get into like a, a retool, maybe not necessarily a rebuild, but like, you know, do we shed some of the weight and, you know, rely on our younger players for the rest of this year until the off season where we can try to pick up some free agents? Like, I, I guess, Harold, you know, what's your take on that? Like, what do you think, you know, at this juncture, you know, after watching the Islanders cough up a three nothing lead to the Caps, that was overtime. I was watching it in the car with TJ last night. Yeah, rough, was yeah, yeah. Was that was a rough commentary. That, yeah. that was a rough game. I mean, I'm in. Look, I I think they have a really good team, but I'm inclined to default to like what I feel like we say every season, which is you know those points you cough up and like the shitty little losses here and there to, you know, Western conference teams, like mm-hmm. they add up because yeah. now, now, you know, now we're, we're what, like uh, maybe one point behind the, the penguins for the wild card or something yeah. like that. Like in like mm-hmm. the second wild card slot, it's yeah. like, you know, when, when it gets down, like you're saying that we're, we're hitting that cliff. Like the, the season is moving when, when we get towards like the latter half of the season, that sort of shit really, really matters. And you yeah, know, I feel like I've been saying that since I was a teenager, or like I've been hearing people say it since I'm a teenager, where you know, you lose a useless game in the beginning of the season. And it's it's different this year because we got a rookie coach. You know, I thought mm-hmm. maybe it was gonna be a little bit different. And I mean, it feels it it kind of I wanna say like the very beginning of the season, it felt like, oh, this is gonna suck. And then it started to move and I was like, all right, well, now this is I'm starting to see some patterns break. You know what I mean? I'm starting to see some like Mm -hmm. some really interesting patterns break with the way that they're like playing and like, you know, like with like little things like line changes and like the the way that like the way that different lines are playing together and things like that. And Mm -hmm. um, now it's back to, well, what the fuck? You know, it's it it feels like I'm watching. It feels like I'm watching the Islanders the past few years, you know. Yeah. Um, oh, you're muted, buddy. 
Well, I was going to say it feels like Doug Wait years. It doesn't feel like, you know, we didn't have too many yeah. years like that with Trots, but that was yeah. that was definitely yeah, what Trotz it was like. Trots was my favorite uh, my favorite coach for sure. Like he was he was dope. He was really really cool. And I mean anytime and I I, I remember being really excited about him too. And I always got the, well, yeah, he got a cup with Washington. Like, no no shit. Like, see the team he had. But I thought he was a great cup. Well, yeah, he, d- he did wonders with Nashville, too. Before. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I think that was that was definitely a, a tough loss for the Islanders, losing trots. But, you know, the team has been a little more offensive under Lambert. And uh, yep. hopefully, you know, some players who have been underperforming, like, Beauvillier can turn it up a notch and even Peugeot can turn it up a notch. And I, I guess maybe that injury to Palmieri is more serious, you know, to this roster than yeah. us fans thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, we'll no, see. It's, it's, it's rough and, and it's, it's going to be, um, you know, but uh, again, it's going to come down to that point with the Islanders. I think whether it's, you know, two you know two games in one direction or two games in the other direction that's really going to i think determine what they're going to do and and you know if you know you you're going to see some moves get made you know if you if you see you know uh a guy like varley get you know get moved or a bovillier or you know um you know some of the younger guys you know i've been hearing all over hockey twitter that you know Dobson might need to get moved, you know, to, to make an impact or something. So I'm, I'm just interested in how it all shakes out, but the, the bees kind of have their own struggle coming next year where, you know, two thirds of your, you know, perfection line are, well, you've got Marchand who's what 36, 37. So, I mean, he's probably he's up there. coming into the twilight of his career. And then you guys got, you know, pasta who you've got a lockdown and, you know, he's, I don't think he's going to come cheap. So, um, oh, I, I don't, I don't think so. Either. Yeah. So, I mean, what is, what you is know, he like the, the second best scorer in the league right now? Yeah. Something yeah, like that. No, yeah. He's, he's, do, do you guys yeah. know who the Islanders drafted instead of pasta? Uh, no, I don't mm-hmm. think I want to know. Michael Del Cole. Oh, uh, cool. <laughs> yeah. How does that make you feel? I saw that the other night, like the 2014 draft <laughs> class, someone posted it. And you see at the top, Michael Del Cole, like fifth overall pick. And I'm like, all right, who was drafted after him? And the list, <laughs> the list that's mm. after Michael Del Cole is just like all all stars. And I'm like, dude, this guy couldn't <laughs> couldn't even break <laughs> it on the fourth line. And that's like with the coaches giving him a shot, like so that he wasn't a complete bust. But then, yeah. geez, that was that was some bad drafting right there. Oh, absolutely. That's unfortunate. I had no idea. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think um, 2014, I think was, was, uh, was Dreisaitl. Like well, yeah. I, he was number one, but I mean, that was his draft. Uh, you know, just imagine, imagine what that could have been like, you know, if like the Islanders like landed a, a superstar in like a Leon Dreisaitl while they still had like JT on the team, you know, I'm pretty like, sure Nylander was, was also bef- like after Del Cole. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy to, to think about, but you know, the, the, I think the, the most interesting thing about how this season is playing out is just seeing like the wide disparity between like the really good teams and the really bad teams. Yeah. And um, you know, one of the things I think that's actually kind of pretty cool that's coming out of this year 
is it seems like the Kraken are kind of starting to put it together. Um, you know, which is which is always cool to see. I mean, I don't think you'll ever see another franchise in any of like the major sports that get put together the way the the you know the Knights did. But yeah, but I mean, you know, the Kraken in their second season are starting to you know kind of realize what kind of team they have and put it together. Um, I don't know if you guys had like an opportunity to watch any Kraken games or anything, you know, this year to kind of. You know, I haven't out. at all, no? honestly. I honestly, I, I'm totally unversed. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, it, it's, it's one of those things that I, I always used to say when I was like a really, really young kid, the, the only reason I even knew anything about the Western conference was because of playing like NHL 96. Like that's the oh, only yeah. reason because you know, I'm not nine years old. Like, you know, no one's mom is going to be like, yeah, sure. You can stay up and watch the Island. Just play at yeah. 10 30 at night yeah. against Adam foot and fucking <laughs> Colorado avalanche. Like it, it helped me figure out everybody's like rosters, honestly. Then, yeah. like, also, small note, it, you know, also, like, some of the music on those soundtracks, soundtrack, like, brand new, new Fall Out Boy. ain't no small note, brother. Jimmy I was going to ask you guys about that, actually. I was going to say, that's the perfect, like, connection yeah, yeah. to these worlds. Is the, so, I mean, me and TJ talk about those games oh, yeah. all the time. So, know? funny enough, if you go back into our episode archives, we actually had the two people from EA um, – uh, Steven, Steven Sibyl, I think were their yep. names. Mm-hmm. And um, they're actually the ones that have curated the soundtrack since like the early 2000s. Yeah. Yep. Wow. And uh, like, we got to talk to them about like, like, why did you think to put this band on there? And why did you think to put this band? And they were just like, cause we think the music fucking ruled and like, yes. you know, more people needed to hear it. So like, that was, that was the reason that Avenge Sevenfold got on there before anybody knew who they yeah. were. And that's why, you know, I'm sure that's probably a reason why Idols got onto the NHL 21 soundtrack, which yeah. is the newest NHL that I have. So it's the song that I just keep hearing over and over again, Mr. <laughs> Motivator, which is a fucking sick song. But yeah, we, we were we were lucky enough to to be able to to pick their brains about why they chose some of the stuff they did. But iconic, I mean, like iconic music like was on some of those soundtracks. It's like for me, when I think of like the video games that shaped like the music I listen to. It's the NHL soundtracks and the Tony Hawk soundtracks. Like those yep, put together. Yeah, easy go-tos. Like, that was it. And I mean, like to this day, I still, whenever I hear No Cigar by Mill and Colin, I hear the level ending beeps when they're not there. Like when I'm just listening to Pennybridge Pioneers, I'm like, oh, this is where the level ends. You know, right here when we're coming out of the bridge. Like, because I heard it so many times. Yeah. But like, you know, mm-hmm. it, it was it was super cool that they were, you know, Told the line Tony Hawk did between like you know more, you know like punky music and some ska and even a little bit of hip hop in there, some metal. But you know the NHL soundtracks were doing that too. They were you know punk bands and emo bands and hardcore bands and all this stuff. And it's just you know awesome. And hopefully you know some kids you know were listening to I don't know whatever the fuck you listen to. Maybe it's (laughs) yeah you know maybe it's Metallica. Maybe you're only listening to Metallica. And then you heard Avenged Sevenfold and you're like, whoa, this is like Metallica except without Lars Ulrich being like an idiot. And then like now you like Avenged Sevenfold, right? So it's like cool that that kind of is the reality of things. I love it. I really do. I think it's cool too. Like have you guys seen that video surfacing of Tony Hawk singing uh, uh, Superman with Goldfinger? On yeah, I, I just saw that. Yeah. Like Goldfinger, Goldfinger owes their success to tony hawk tony hawk oh, and absolutely. 99 red balloons so they owe their success to 
Tony Hawk and whatever that weird German band is that originally wrote like 99 Luftballons. Like that's, <laughs> that's them. And well, I shouldn't say that. That's where Goldfinger like at least got big from. And now John Feldman keeps adding an end to his name. Every time he produces another gold record, guy's got like <laughs> 17 ends at the end of his name. Now it's ridiculous, but that's like, the, that's the cool thing about it though. is like, you know, Goldfinger definitely was more successful because they were on that soundtrack. And I'd probably venture to say that like the NHL soundtrack probably made some other bands more successful. Like it probably did. Like, I mean, I don't, maybe not nowadays with the way music is, you know, I don't think idols is going to be more successful because they were on a newer soundtrack, but you know, there are probably people who like, you know, have listened to that song a thousand times and don't know who it is because like you hear the song, you know, while you're choosing your team or you're doing whatever, and you're like, oh, this song's pretty cool, but you never think to yourself to like look in the direction of like where the song is. So like you probably one day hear it somewhere and you're like, holy shit, I know this song. I know this whole song. And then you're like, oh, this is the band. Let me listen to what else they've done. And then now you're listening to yeah. idols and you realize they rip. So, so yeah, you know. I think question then. What what would you guys if you guys were to, to get a, a Koyo song on on a soundtrack, whether it was you know THPS one, two, or three, or an NHL uh, soundtrack, yeah. which would you guys choose? Uh, yeah i would say well i would opt to say an lp song but you know and obviously they're not out yet but if i have to pick one that's already out um but which would you choose like which soundtrack oh oh oh, oh, oh. yeah that's such i i think the (laughs) the nature of like my childhood i would pick an nhl soundtrack for sure i i think i would too yeah but like I, I think overall culturally, like I was always the kid where like I would play, I played the NHL franchise, the A Sports NHL franchise, like religiously as a kid, as I'm sure everyone did. Yeah, you know, like I played it all the time. And um, my favorite, uh, worth noting, was 2003 Jerome McGinley. Jerome McGinley, that was a good one. That was, yeah. that was the game, and the soundtrack was outstanding. And I was the kid where, like, when I would play, like, with, you know, friends of mine or, or you know, my cousins or whomever, I would say, you know, like, oh, I love this song. And they would be like, okay, like, like who gives it? That's not why we're playing, you know, like, move on, <laughs> like, you know. And uh, so I think that I, but with Tony Hawk games, I feel like it lent itself a lot more to, like, people actually giving a shit about the music afterwards, you know, yeah. like. It seemed to be yeah. more effective, but I think I would pick. I would NHL. pick NHL soundtrack for sure. I yeah. think I'd pick NHL also. Yeah, like I, I, little, I do agree with your point, though. Yeah. Little known fact about NHL 03 is NHL 03 had "Pitiful" by Blindside on it, which Dude, is I like saw Blindside at Furnace Fest and was yeah. losing my mind during that. Time. Yeah, Harold <laughs> so, made I'm, a point to go and go see like that one song. I needed to see such Blindside. a good song, man. Blind, Blindside, Blindside is a great band, and like they're from like Sweden, I think, or like mm-hmm. something like that, you know. So like, you know, how many chances are you going to get to see them? And um, um, I, 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 all right, I'm quickly going to ask about it because we're going a little long on time. But um, Furnace Fest. So like, you guys, you guys played Furnace, right? Yeah, yeah, Didn't you? yeah, we did. yeah. So I just like highlights like you know like you don't even have to go crazy just like you know what were some of the bands you saw what was the atmosphere like you know what are the sloss furnaces like like just you know did you go see evergreen terrace when they played dear live journal like what did you do 
Um, well, I, I think, said, yeah, American Nightmare. American Nightmare, um, Sunny Day Real Estate Story. Yes. Poison the Well, too, yeah. Oh, Poison um, the Well. The, I would say the um, the Sunny Day Real Estate is probably in, like, a top five best sets I've ever seen in my entire life. Love yeah. that. Love yeah, that. also, um, I stole the set list off the uh, the stage, and one of the um, the crew members yelled at me and said, I need that, and I uh, I just walked away with it. I have it, I have it in my room here. <laughs> One of the crew members was like, guys, they're so old. They don't know what songs they're supposed to play. So I think it had like, it, I, I looked at the set list. And I think it has like on it for each song. Okay. Like, I think it's like, you know, so-and-so's cue for this song or, you know, like oh, so-and-so yeah, up okay. for that song, so-and-so down yep. for this song. And, yeah. um, you know, like there's a couple uh, set lists around the stage or whatever. And there's one like right past the barricade because they, they taped it off. So it's like, you know, you know, it's a, it's a big deal. So obviously, you know, they don't want everybody on the stage and like to be on that stage with some of my best friends seeing sunny day real estate side stages already, you know, more than I I could ever ask for. Yeah. But you know, one of the set lists was just slightly beyond the, 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 the barrier. And I was like, I think I, I think I looked at Harold actually. I think Harold was the one who prompted me to go grab it. I was just like, should I go over there? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I swear to God, I think, I think it was you that yeah. said go if, get the set list. And you're I, you're asking for encouragement to do something like <laughs> that you probably shouldn't do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. Yeah. So <laughs> I, uh, so you know, they they wrap up, they do an encore, and then, um, you know, I hop over really quickly. I'm looking both ways. I grab that. You know, the set list is uh, taped to the uh, the floor. I rip. You know, I very carefully so it doesn't rip. I, uh, yeah, I grab it up. And then I, I pop over and the guy, that's when the guy looks at me. He's like, Hey, I need that. And <laughs> I, I look the other way and I just get off the bolted. stage. Oh yeah. Not even bolted. I just, you know, I just walked off and um, I didn't look at him. I would not look at him afterwards. So, you know, what's you know, what's going to happen in sometime in 2023 is there's going to be Sunday day real estate Koyo beef. Like it's just going to come out. Like <laughs> Jeremy, totally Enig, Jeremy Enig is just going to be like, this fucking guy, TJ, he stole my set list. Now I don't know what songs to play. I have to cancel this tour. And all these like old emo guys from the 90s are going to be like, fucking, fucking TJ, you ruined my life. I can't see Sunday real yeah. estate. You know, awesome. we, we <laughs> really aren't an emo band after that. They are, yeah. There is no way we could be an emo There's band. There's the gatekeepers after that. coming out. Dude, Koyo, Koyo are our heel, heel band the heel band of the 2023 what's uh what's funny too is that i think joey like i i came down with the set list and i think joey went up and walked around the stage and he was trying to find a set list and at that point they were all gone yeah he was like fuck, yeah. like fuck no way man he's like <laughs> yeah yeah i love that but yeah i i mean furnace was one of those things that i was so bummed that i, I wasn't able to get to but you know for me uh you know poison the well i've seen them a couple of times that would have been a big one um, uh, you know, I know, um, you know, a bunch of other great bands played. I, I was very fortunate, like in my, in my life to have been able to see like a bunch of reunion shows that like, in my mind, like I sort of clump them together, like those nineties Midwestern emo, you know, like kind of indie emo bands, like, you know, American football and Texas is the reason and mineral and like all those kinds of bands. Like I've been fortunate to to get to see them, you know, in, in a capacity or, or another Sunday Day real estate's the only one that like I've, I've missed, which is such oh. a bummer to me because oh. they're like the one that's going to complete like the circle in my mind, like the circle in my mind is 
American football braid the promise ring. Um, uh, American football braid the promise ring jawbreaker, which doesn't really belong in that category, but they're in there to me for whatever reason. Texas is the reason mineral. And that's probably like, and sunny day would have been like the one to collapse the circle. And I got every, every single one, but sunny day. And there's a bunch of other ones that are like great that I've like gotten to see too. But you know, that music meant so much to me, you know, growing up because like, it was just something that resonated with me so much. So good on you, man, that you got a set list. I'm, I'm, I'm super stoked. And then, um, I don't, did Hope's Hall play this year or last year? I think last year, maybe. Cause, Cause they're like my probably all time favorite, like melodic hardcore <laughs> band that has ever existed. Sal, Sal's a big Hope's Fall guy. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you, you should be a Hope's Fall person. Hope's Fall are from North Carolina too. So see, you for, know. for me, it's, it's Poison the Well was, I think Poison the Well as a kid in Miami was the first hardcore show that I'd ever been like been to. Yeah. Um, true. They're from Hialeah. They're easily one of my favorite bands. And it's funny too, cause this was spinning on my, uh, record player opposite of December and Tears of the Red, the split. Oh, I, I had felt, that one and then I yeah. sold it. I I found it. I mean, it might have been yours. I found that as a used copy somewhere. <laughs> um, I hope it is. But I've, I've never, I've, I don't think anytime Poison the Well has ever played in their hometown. You know, I'm only three and a half hours away from home right now. I go and see them. Um, yeah. They're just one of those bands that, that because they were, they were the band that got me into the music that I love. That's kind of like I just have this like almost like a like a bond or something with them, and every time I see them, I'm just like like thank you guys for being fucking you for writing nerdy like. <laughs> but little doesn't little little you know nerdy great song not my favorite Poison the Wall song. Oh yeah, yeah my favorite Poison the Wall song is off of You Come Before You man. It's, oh, uh, it's apathy is a cold body. I was gonna say it's apathy. It's like my favorite song and it's just man mikey you know i'm the pop punk guy i'm sorry you might you <laughs> might like you might like uh uh apathy's a cold body yeah you might like that one yeah i'll just make you listen to crystal lake over and over again that's fine <laughs> you'll, you'll you'll get it but I, I you know it's awesome and i'm i'm so stoked that you guys were able to to you know be a part of something that's as epic as you know um furnace fest was it's like you know kind of if you grew up in you know christian metal and christian you know rock it was you know cornerstone and if you grew up in you know all, all the different stuff you know if you if you grew up in you know socal punk it was you know punk and drublick and all that kind of stuff but you know it's it's awesome you know and uh, uh i guess um you know just to kind of close it out um if there is any I guess this is how I'll phrase it. So if there's any band past or present that you guys would like love to share the stage with, like e either a band that you might still have the opportunity to, or didn't get the opportunity to, um, you know, it could be because of how they influenced you, or it could just be because you love them so much. And, um, you know, you just would love to share the stage with them, but uh, I'll start with you, TJ. What would you say, you know, if you had any pick of the litter of a band that you'd want to play with, you know, who could it be? I would probably pick either. I would say either Taking Back Sunday or maybe Fall Out Boy. Okay, awesome. I love that. And what do you say, Harold? Blood runs cold. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I don't know. Uh, neglect and bulldoze. Okay. Um, love it. 
I think that would be cool. I have a I have a quick story before because we're wrapping up, but I couldn't find a segue for it. It's go go for it, man. Please. <laughs> it's just a piece of coil lore that I've never revealed on like a podcast or yes, first time anywhere else. Uh, really, so Joey and I, the singer of Coil, obviously, and I, uh, ten nine years ago, maybe ten years ago, sang at an Islander game. Oh, get the fuck out of here. Where to Tell go? Tell us more. Yeah. Yeah, please. We were um we were in a school choir together. Like we were in like the we went to a massive high school, like two, three thousand kids, and um there was a choir of like the 40 best singers, and we would travel and we would do competitions and stuff, and um we we sang at an islander game together one time. Like it was and it was like, you know, like maybe 20 30 of us went to sing but it was joey and i and a couple of our friends my now fiance was singing with us it was uh it was sick we sang between uh first and second period we were wearing a tux uh like we were in tuxes it was awesome yeah but that's uh there's pictures of me and joey like near the ice at Nassau Coliseum in tuxedos, like when we were teenagers. It's awesome. But I all all I can think about like is like you guys being like one of like the best choirs like in the entire like state. And like they send you to this Islander game and like you're all getting ready to sing. And like right as like the first note comes out, they send like Sparky out and he's just like dancing <laughs> around you guys like like fuck you guys, you fucking choir idiots! I'm Sparky. Like let's was, go, you know. Like was something like that. Yeah, it was guaranteed. Because like the Islanders, the Islanders, like they have no couth. Like that's like what they would yeah. do. They'd be like, "Oh, this is a serious thing for you. We're sending the dragon out, and he's gonna fuck oh, yeah. your shit up because he's a dragon." <laughs> but Sparky that is a awesome. great story. I love that story. <laughs> do you remember what you guys sang? What did you guys sing? Like it was some bullshit. You know, it, it was, was something shit. fucking stupid. It was like, um, I don't remember. It wasn't like, uh, it was a, okay, it was a patriotic song. I just don't remember what. Okay. Um, no, proud to be an American, what, something like that. It was what's, your, what's your range? I, uh, Joey and I were uh, tenors. We were both yeah. ten, We were both tenor one. Um, tenor crew. Yeah, we were... We, at, at first, I was a baritone, and then I moved on to tenor by, by then. But uh, Joey is clearly still a tenor. <laughs> I just I just love it. I Like, truthfully, I love it when you get, like, music that's in, like, the alternative landscape with either, like, you know, like, Barry tenors, baritone singers, or, like, true tenors. Like, just because the, like, the, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The timbre is just so much different than what you you normally hear and it just gives it like a whole different um like a whole different like 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 kind of character and that's one of the things like i i think is is super cool about koyo and like that's like why i really dig bands like um i'm i'm a huge murder by death fan and like dude is just like crooning in his like sick baritone voice the whole time and i just want to go to sleep in it just want to go to bed (laughs) that guy's Side that guy's voice as he sings about like I don't know whatever the fuck that weird band sings about like dynamite mines from like the 1870s because he's a weirdo. But um, <laughs> if you guys are writing songs about the 1870s, I'm sorry if I've offended yeah. you. No, uh, right, right. Favorite subject actually. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, fuck yeah, guys. Um, 
thank you so much for doing this with us, man. It, it is, is, it's such an honor to get to chat with you guys. Um, we're really, really excited for, you know, what's on the horizon for, for Koyo in 2023. I'm definitely going to keep our, our eyes and ears out for, uh, you know, the new record, you know, when it drops, uh, you know, hopefully catch you guys when you're on tour with Bayside and I'm the Avalanche. Um, you know, if you get to talk to, I've, I've, uh, what's, what's the, uh, name of a homeboy from pure noise that does all the Ian, right? Yep. Ian. He does all, yeah. When you talk to Ian, just tell him that you want an Islanders variant. Oh yeah. Yeah. He'll, we'll do it. He'll, he'll know. He'll know. He'll know. He did the Islanders shirt and that stuck up. Uh, that, that caused yeah. a bit of a, we that, were like that, the subreddit. Yeah. We yeah. were, we, that, uh, I've seen that, that a lot. I, I designed that one. I, I always want to do a shirt like that. So it was, love uh, that. I mean, it's, cool. It's it's beautiful stuff, but um, you know, if they do an Islanders variant, you know damn well I'm gonna buy it. So oh, yeah. I'm yeah. super stoked for it. Uh thank you so much for being on here. Uh real quick before we uh let you guys go, just real quick, uh where can we find you on the internet? You know, all that good stuff, handles, socials, you know, lay them on us so we can pass them along. Yeah, we got we got Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, uh, we have TikTok. We have Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We got it all. And it's all at Koyo, L-I-H-C, I think. Yeah. Across the board. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Yep. Koyo, Koyo, L-I-H-C, ladies and gentlemen. Go listen. Long Island to- Hockey Club? Long yeah. Island Hockey yeah. Club. I thought it was looking. You, don't- <laughs> you just <laughs> gave me another shirt idea. That's <laughs> awesome. Dude, I, 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 for the longest time just thought it was the stories of Arca until like I realized like, oh, it's the story so far, California. I'm an idiot uh, yeah. person. <laughs> so far, <laughs> stories of Arca, you know, it's a great band. Um, but thank you guys again so much. Um, you know, hoping for, you know, some big things out of you guys, and I'm sure you guys are gonna represent Long Island, um, you know, in a, in a great way. So you know, we thank you for that. Um, and have a good time on this tour. Enjoy yourselves. And uh, we can't wait to hear the new stuff. So thanks again, guys. And, uh, um, you know, let's go Islanders, right? Yeah. Let's yeah. go Islanders. Thank you guys for having us. For real. Yo, thank, thank you. you. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Peace. Take care. Be well. <laughs>